Dish Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. I'm with the very talented, well-read, well-written... Hi, I'm Ann Christensen. Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine. I am Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. Uh, I don't know, I had an early morning, so... Bear with me. I'm trying to wake up here. Not used to this thing called morning, but we have a lot of we have a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to talk about another food hall. As you know, there's Crossroad Collectives that's opening up next week, but uh, was announced uh, last week about a new food hall coming to a place that you're probably familiar with. We'll let you know all about that. Then also, Bavette returns with another meat raffle. I love me some meat raffles. Uh, and plus some news about some uh, restaurants. So we'll get into that later in the show. But we're going to kick it off with what's, what's going on with the uh, Grand Avenue Mall, which is officially called Shops of Grand Avenue. Well, that's what it's called right now, but it's going to be called The Avenue. Yes. So, because there's plans mm-hmm. to do all these things there, right? Yeah, there's going to be apartments. Yeah, because basically it's, it's, it was... You know, a lot of press, certain press media was basically saying it, it, it's it's on its last leg mm-hmm. as a mall. <laughs> They've been saying that for a few years. Yeah. And this announcement came out. So why don't you tell me more about it? The, well, the Avenue is a big development that um, is going to have something that I think our our listeners are, going, are really going to be interested in, which is Third Street Market Hall. Mm-hmm. So this is a mega food hall. Whereas the um, Crossroads Collective, which we talked about, it's a micro I guess, yeah, they're off. calling that a micro one, micro. and it, <laughs> that has about six to seven vendors. This the the mega food hall that's coming to Grand Avenue, uh, at least twenty, right? At least twenty, yeah. And they have announced six of them: okay. Stone Creek Coffee, which already has a location in yeah. Grand Avenue Mall. They've been there for Funky a while. Funky Fresh Spring Rolls, which has a location there right now yeah. too, and they're also uh, in the, the Sherman uh, Phoenix. Sherman Phoenix. Donut Monster, which I'm very excited about. This is a little business started by Jackie Woods. He's a chef that used to work at Ardent. He and his wife, Sarah, are doing, um, they're calling it kind of a permanent pop-up. But to me, that's sort of an oxymoron, right? Because Permanent pop-up? A a pop-up is never permanent. But anyway, this one is, and they're really into this idea of, you know, from scratch with the best avail- available ingredients, which for I think donuts. for donuts. I think we need that. Did you see the? There was somebody who on um, Facebook. I forgot what website. Some chef created hot Cheetos donuts. That's just wrong. I didn't so, see um, it, but that's wrong. <laughs> and you saw the hot Cheetos turkey, right? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. and that was wrong. Anyway, too. carry on. No, uh, charred. Which they're my like, they're gosh, like, they just they just they're get in just, here and it's it like is, yeah, it's all expansion, pure expansion. For sooner or later, my bathroom will have a chard. That's a, just it's a joke because they're expanding. Mm-hmm. You didn't get it. I didn't because well, I didn't. I don't want to say what I thought you meant by it, but just for listeners who don't know, Chard has their location in, in uh, the old hinterland in yeah. Third Ward, but they also opened a Korean fried chicken bar yes. on the east side Merge. called Merge. So this is going to be as like a smaller version of Chard, um, but they're going to have everything from super rice bowl dishes, and they're going to have Korean fried chicken wings there. Uh, so, and also, oh, two other concepts, which sound kind of interesting. One is Waterford wine and spirits. Waterford 
is uh, a, a wine shop that's established, been established in Milwaukee for a while. In fact, mm-hmm. their location on Brady Street has been there probably. There's not really any, there's a, you know, the public market has a wine store, but there's not really yeah, a down tour liquor store. Right. That's right. I don't can't think of anything that sells. Right, liquor. and this is wine and spirits, yeah. right? Okay, so Waterford is expanding from their two locations that they already have, and then they're going to have um, th- this location at uh, the old Grand Avenue, and there's going to be a bar there too. Now, whether oh. they are occupying part of that, I don't know. No. I don't know that they're they're part of that. Uh, but there's also something called Milk Can. I'm very curious about this. This is a startup uh, created by pastry chef Kurt Fogel. Um, who's one of the owners of Muskego's Bass Bay Brew mm-hmm. House. So he and that, that team, uh huh, they're going to be doing uh, kind of hometown classics, and that means burgers, cheese curds, and frozen custard mm-hmm. uh, from scratch, everything from scratch. Kurt Fogel was one the one-time pastry chef for all the Surge restaurants. He has also trained a number of pastry chefs in town, including Jaceline Latin Casper, who's one of the owners of Batches. So he's a really brilliant uh, pastry chef. But he also is, you know, very talented at doing other things. So this milk can is something I think is going to be a huge draw there. So this, as we mentioned, is going to have like 20, at least 20 vendors. Uh, my understanding is it's supposed to open in 2019 at oh, some point in 2019. I wasn't sure. I couldn't find it anywhere initially. So I wasn't sure. Uh, I had to ask because I, okay. didn't, I didn't see it in their initial press release mm. that they sent out. But the food hall itself is going to be 35,000 square feet. Um, and they also talk about differentiating it uh, from other food halls in that, yes, it's, it's going to have this central bar. And uh, they're going to have areas where you can do ping pong, bocce ball, and even a giant Jenga. Jenga? Jenga? Oh, cool. Yeah, I know, right. You like, <laughs> you like that stuff, don't you? No. Okay. Well, I think the, 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 the idea is probably to keep people there and yeah. hanging out. An arcade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And the the renderings look really cool. So it looks the, I mean, that's great. It's getting, uh, that mall is getting as kind of a second life. and They're going to be putting apartments in there. And are you and, looking? And, no, I'm not. But oh. it's it's so, I mean, it's not just going to be a food hall. Right. I mean, they have other plans there. I mean, there's, there's a company. There's a company, company moving, moving in. in. Yeah. Actually onto the space of the former food court. Which is things there's like two restaurants left in that food court and one restaurant left in that food wow, court. Wow, I don't know. The last time I was in there, it was sad. Yeah. It was really Remember Jake's sad. was in there too for a minute? Yeah, that's right. They were trying to, and they kept trying to bring a little life into that place, but uh, it just never, I think it's the parking that made it tough. The parking was awful. Well, but they have a parking structure. Why but is it, that it, awful? It, but it, like most places like that, you, if you buy a certain amount, it's free. Right? Oh, so you're saying it just it's not was free. never free. It's never free. But that's not ex- actually true, though, because if you go in there, let's say if you go to uh, TJ Maxx. I had to pay. They, I well, got my stuff stamped. I still, I got a discount. Oh, I thought it was free parking no. if you buy something. Nope. Oh, that's kind of I mean, I think that's bad. I think that's uh, bad. I think that's. I mean, so what do they do? I wonder what they do for people that go to the Y. And is the Y going to stay? They get to reduce. Yeah, I think the Y stay. They get to reduce rate. Oh, Okay. But see, that's that's you know that's some Chicago thing, right? Mm-hmm. This is Milwaukee. Milwaukee, we should do better. I think if you're going, if you're shopping, you're spending money. That should be, you should be your parking should be free. I think. Period. Because why would I shop there and I go somewhere else? Go to Amazon, get free shipping. What's my incentive? Unless that store has something completely unique, or that food hall I want to eat there. 
But again, well, it seems to me that what they're doing with this food hall is mm, going to make it a destination because some of at least I mean, we only know about six of the vendors now, but at least two of them are are startups. So I just don't one, have any. I just say one recommend: else. if you eat at this food hall and you spend a certain amount of money, the parking should be free. That's that's. Yeah, well, maybe they'll rethink I that. Mean, I that's, hope so. That's silly to me. I just because that you're 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 losing competition. Yeah. It's sort of like me saying, "Well, I'm looking for parking. I just go somewhere else," and you just lost a potential uh, customer because yeah. I don't want to pay parking. Well, there are a lot of people yeah. that that parking is a deal you, breaker because you've got a tip and all this other stuff. And sure. then, oh yeah, I got to pay for parking too. They need to rethink that, too. I hope they rethink that as far as trying to draw more people back in. Well, and also the amount of time mm-hmm. that you're in there. Yeah. Because that can add up. If you're par- if you're yeah. parking in a structure, it's more the longer yeah. you're there. So you're like, well, I only have a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. I've got to do this really fast and get out of here because I can only I only have an hour. Yeah. I only have, you know, half an hour. Yeah. So that's just my little tip, my little uh, developer tip of the day. Well, you are, a.k.a. the architect, so yeah. you know a little bit about that sort of a thing. A little bit of urban planning. Yeah. Little, just a I little bit of urban planning. I think you're pretty smart about it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the uh, mega food hall that's coming in into the former shops of Grand Avenue. I remember, I think I, I got corrected, or somebody got corrected about that, calling the Grand Avenue Mall. Oh, it was Milwaukee Record. They might have got corrected. The, you mean the calling at Grand Avenue Mall? Mall. Well, it used yeah. to be called that, yes, and then yeah, they changed it to, to shops, shops at yeah. Grand Avenue. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now, we're back on This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. And <laughs> Tariq. Tariq, you woke up in no, those few I, seconds. It's, it's called acting. Try, yeah. It's called acting. Uh, we're going to talk about a new restaurant that just opened up this week. It's kind of an Asian fusion place, I guess it is. Um, it's called Momo Me, M-E-E. Uh, it's located near Surmac in a little strip mall where um, Jimmy John's is located. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's I'm over familiar. there. Yeah. And we have the menu. I went there uh, um, on opening day, picked up some dumplings and some bows. So really an interesting menu. Uh, they have like uh, chicken wings, Chezwan spicy chicken wings, samosa. So you see the, the Asian fusion happening there. The samosa, they have four individually wrapped samosas, potatoes, red onions, herbs, and East Indian spices. So that's kind of a vegetarian vegan version of spring rolls. Uh, but the one thing that stood out to me, because I realized there's now two places that I know of that serves traditional Shanghai soup dumplings. Jings and Momo Me have it's it's happening. Have soup dumplings. So Milwaukee, you're on the map. <laughs> but, but you, but as you mentioned, because you were getting things to go, you weren't able to get those. You can't get the soup dumplings to go. You have to eat it there. Okay. Um, so they're traditional Shanghai soup dumplings. Zhao Long Bao. Get eight of them. And if you're not familiar, soup dumplings is basically just what it sounds like. There's soup inside, a little bit of filling, and there's a trick to eating it. Um, but it's if it's done well, it is very satisfying. Uh, they have a lot of types of ramen. They have a shoyu ramen, shio ramen, that's roasted garlic and black sesame oil in that one. They have a miso ramen, a tonkatsu ramen, traditional ramen that red light ramen is known for, mm-hmm. and a shiitake. So I assume that's kind of the vegan ramen. 
So they have one, two, three, five types of ramen they serve at this place. Just when you thought ramen was going to go away, <laughs> it is n- it is Back just holding holding strong. Um, then they have traditional Japanese uh, yakisoba, um, which if you're not familiar, it's basically a dashi broth, high-man ramen noodles, stirred fried with enoki mushroom, scallions, bean sprouts, topped with a fried over easy egg. Um, they have dandan noodles, kind of like people sometimes think dandan noodles is a creation of dandan. <laughs> There's a thing. It's actually pronounced don don. I, I it realize. is don don, yeah. Which is basically noodles, kind of this Chinese dish, spicy dish with Szechuan oil and peppercorns, um, pork, like little vegetables and scallions. And it's very spicy if it's done well. Um, they have Singapore noodles. So it's an interesting place. Um, the one appetizer that really stood out to me was called this Cantonese stuffed trio, which is two eggplants. Fried tofu and jalapeno peppers stuffed with minced shrimp served with a black bean garlic sauce. Sounds really tempting as well. Mm-hmm. So again, Momo Me, now open, new option in Walker's Point next to, uh, not too far from Surmac. Do you think they're going to open a second one and call it Momo You? Huh? Maybe. I Come on, you usually get the laughs, okay? <laughs> you didn't laugh at my joke, but you're always wanting... Me to uh, laugh at your I'm jokes. your mentor. Yeah, I'm like I'm like a Karate Kid. Um, oh, I'm right. The Ralph Macchio. The wax on, wax <laughs> yeah. off guy. Yeah, it's more it probably it probably more hit if you said Momo I. Okay, fine. <laughs> Again, Momo Me is open now. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about meat. Yeah, you meat. always want to talk about meat. Meat. I love me some meat. Yeah. Uh, should I? Explain what exactly you mean by meat. Tariq. Yeah, so people might not <laughs> turn yeah. off the radio. Well, it's our, <laughs> or might no, stay on. Like, what do they mean by meat? Clean podcast here. We're literally talking about meat. Uh, it's, it's. I can't believe it's the sixth year now that Bavette is doing its annual Uplands Farm Cheese Tasting and Meat Raffle. Six years. Six years. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, they're at it again on the seventeenth. Uh, they, should me, it, they should call it a meetup. Yeah, sure. Get that? See how that works? I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm just, I'm just really serious about it, being able to explain this in a coherent way, <laughs> and I'm not up for joking around here, Tariq. You know, you can have your little jokes off air. So, just to tell you a little bit about the pork that they are going to be auctioning off for this. Um, every year, Uplands Cheese farm buys some Berkshire pigs, okay? Some little piglets. They raise them on the farm and they feed those piglets the way from the cheese making process. And if you know Uplands, um, they are known for some really incredible award-winning cheeses. Yeah. Um, And they they feed, okay, so they feed these piglets with with the whey and they let them out to graze in the pasture and then they finish them off as they get older and as they're sort of, um, you know, eating this wonderful whey natural diet, they also um, eat acorns. That's what the, um, ah, the pigs in Spain, Iberico. That's Iberico, all they, exactly, that's all they which is an incredible product, Iberico ham. Mm. So this, what happens to this? The, the, these pigs are, you know, unfortunately they, they cease to exist, right? Mm. And we... They become um, some really incredible meat that has a very nutty flavor to it. Yeah, probably so has some sweetness really to it. Ama- yes, this is some pretty amazing pork. And Bavette will butcher this animal ahead of time. 
And then, yeah, when you, if, so anybody who wants to go to this event, you want to sign up and you can buy raffle tickets. And mm. so, you know, cuts of pork from mm. these, these hogs are going to be sold by raffle, via raffle. Okay. And um, they're also going to be, so, you know, this is kind of a fun event. People go, they have their full menu available at Bevat, so you can go and eat there, have dinner. And also this, this auction is going off on this, or going on at the same time. Um, they're also going to be doing some, some cheese tasting. So these great cheeses that Uplands mm. makes, including uh, Rush Creek, which is a seasonal cheese. They're going to have that. It's like a very all the, special one. And not the one like all the restaurants get or something like that. Is that the one? Or is it's that a very one? special one. You're thinking of Pleasant Ridge Reserve. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but Rush Creek is like their seasonal cheese. Um, you definitely want to sample it, have it during the holidays. It's a really, it's a great one to serve to guests. Um, space is really limited for this particular event, okay. this auction. So when is it again? It is on the seventeenth, and that's a Monday night at six thirty. Right. Um, and and we can uh, you know we can post a link to that yep. event bright. I guess it's an event bright mm -hmm. event bright invitation. But you definitely, if you're looking for some really nice pork, this is something mm. to take to take part. Have you in. done it before? I've not. Oh. I wanted to do with that the very first year. Yeah. I was going to do it because mm. I thought, wow, this sounds really interesting, and I haven't had never been to a meat raffle before, and um, I hadn't. I just was just really curious about it, and I wanted to know. I wanted to get some of this, mm. some of this, um, this pork, and really and, and do something really cool with it. But I, I just didn't make it that first okay. time, so I haven't done it. But there's time to do this one for sure. Cool. Uh, next up is a new restaurant opening in Brewers Hill. That's the Brewers Hill neighborhood, right? That is Brewers Hill, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the name, a guy by the name of uh, both of us know him, Wolfgang Schaefer. Well, I know of him. I don't know uh, him. You I mean, might know him. I know him. You know him. You know him. I know him. Wolfgang has opened a spot uh, his next is week. Wolfgang Schaefer, actually. Yeah. We'll open a breakfast spot called Uncle Wolfie's, what's it called? Uncle Wolfie's Breakfast? Uncle Wolfie's Breakfast Tavern. Breakfast Tavern opens this Monday. Um, you got anything about that place you want to That I want to say? Yeah. Sure. Well, they did a soft opening this week. And um, that, you know, it's funny because <laughs> places will say, well, we're opening officially on this date. And he's saying he's, his official public opening is Monday, December 17th. But, you know, certain people are able to, to get in there this mm. week and, and try their, their menu early mm. on. Okay. And um, it's, a, a you know, a breakfast-focused restaurant. So they're open Monday through Friday from 7 to 3, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 3. And uh, just so you know, they've been hosting some pop-ups around mm. town. They, had, they did one at Drink Wisconsin Blee. Yep. And then there was another one. I don't recall where that was held. But it was an it was an uh, opportunity for people to, to yeah, sample little... some of the things on the menu, and they could test some items that they were thinking of, of putting out there. So I and I heard I have a friend who went to one of those pop ups, and she said it was amazing. She said it was really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to tell you what is on this menu, so and it we, is breakfast. Yeah. So then, like the menu we have, because uh, Wolfgang decided not to share it with his good friends the full menu, Wolfgang. <laughs> So we have to interpolate Greek, from your Instagram call page. Out Wolfie. <laughs> from his Instagram page. So we shared some of the menu items. So can you read it? I can. I can I can read some of it, sure. There's a sweet potato chorizo omelet. Uh, there is a pulled pork tostada. Uh, there's a selection of Benedicts, so different, you know, kinds of eggs benedict. Uh, a PB and J 
stuffed French toast made with challah bread. I love peanut butter and jelly. I love French toast. <laughs> I love challah. Therefore, now I really think I would like that. Because you're a challah cool. I'm <laughs> challah. Uh, and there's a, did I mention the breakfast burrito? No. There's a breakfast burrito. And there's a thing called a belch. Yeah, to explain what that is, Tariq. So it looks like a sandwich, bacon, eggs, lettuce, tomatoes, cheddar, sourdough, and then the sambal, aioli, with choice of uh, types of potatoes, looks like it, in the menu. So those are just a few of the things that we can see on that menu, because it's a little, there's being a little bit coy there. Yeah. um, Just sharing part of it. That's okay. Um, But I'm... No, it's not. I'm No, but I'm going to just tell you, I think that I'm excited because that is a building people have been looking at for years. I've seen it. And there was a bar in it, like, but it's never been... Was it ever anything? Looks like Uh, someone built something, but never finished, and it just sat there. Well, first of all, it's a really old Cream City brick building. It's probably uh, one of the older ones in Brewers Hill. You know them when you see them and you drive around there. They're Mm. really, really pretty buildings. This is one of those. And he'd been working on it a very long okay. time. And as happens with a lot of these old structures, I mean, you get in Permitting, there. Permitting, licensing, city, yeah, and bureaucracy. You s- not only that, but then you start making some changes. changes and, and the city things. says, you got to do this now. Sure. And that raise your cost. You're like, really? Really? Yeah. So, yeah, I understand. So I think it, t- it took him a lot longer than he, he expected. expected. There's a really nice bar in there too. So I've my seen pictures like when I when I just go to Wolf Peach, you can see it from the outside. So my guess is I don't know for certain, and you know, but I would assume he's going to be doing some cocktails, okay, like breakfast cocktails. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but my estimate, you know, my guess would be, and I would again, be- it would have been a lot easier, Wolfie, <laughs> if you <laughs> provided a full menu. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Just I know. Fine. Tariq just, he <laughs> likes to be included. Yeah, I thought we're just friends, man. No, just want, you just want attention. No, so that's open, well, okay, very officially would be Monday. Yes. But it's very possible if you went over there, they could let you in maybe. now. Yeah, maybe. Well, if, you, if, you, if you said please nicely, mm-hmm. probably. Well, congratulations to Wolfgang. Um, and then finally, uh, another news on the Milwaukee restaurant front. front. I said front. Front. I thought you said font. Could have. I don't know. It's a long day. <laughs> it's a long uh, day and it's just beginning. Buckley's um, is doing. Is, well, it's is, not Buckley's. It is T. K.O. from Buckley's. He was the executive chef at Buckley's. He's leaving Buckley's. Okay. And he's opening a restaurant in West Dallas. It is going to be called Wild Roots, and he's doing this along with a partner. Uh, I don't have all the details on this yet. I'm going to be talking to T today okay. um, by phone, and I, I will get a lot more here, but I don't want to say a whole lot about it without really getting the full picture from mm-hmm. him. But note that 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 where they're going to put this this restaurant is is the old, not that a lot of people are going to know this, but it was called Kebabs in West Dallas, like around 68th and Beecher. I'm probably wasn't here. Kebabs. I'm assuming it they serve kebabs. Just, it just closed recently. Oh. It was and it wasn't open that long. Was it like kind of a Greek kind of place? Or? No, no. But yeah, it had some kebabs. Okay, it had other stuff too. So, uh, but it sounds. Um, I mean, knowing T and what his interests are and the things that he's done at Buckley's, uh, he's and did you know that he used to he worked at Osteria del Mondo? Do you remember the Italian restaurant? No. You know, you remember Osteria? No. Oh. 
Oh, was I here? Really? Was it? I've been here I for... think Osteria probably closed within the last um, five, six years. Where was it located? Maybe longer than that. Um, it was on Juno uh, in the building in, in the Knickerbocker. So kind of near the Nick. I mean, in that building next to the Nick, essentially. Oh, I think I've probably been there, but I never really noticed the name. Probably. So T, T has, you know, he, he has, um, a, you know, history is classically trained and definitely making classic Italian, mm. regional Italian cuisine and does a lot of really interesting kind of nouveau American at Buckley's. But he also, um, you know, can do a lot of really interesting things with Asian cuisine as well. So but he's very, very interested in foraging and local ingredients, mm-hmm. you know, as, as many chefs are here. Um, that's, you know, that's understandable. So uh, I think it's going to be probably a pretty modern looking menu. But once I speak to him, I'm going to get a little more detail about it and then we can talk further. But that's just something on the horizon, which I think it, um, is going to be pretty exciting. Cool. Uh, one question. I was at a kind of a holiday party at a marketing firm this past week in Walker's Point, And did you wh- crash it? No, I was... Oh, you were invited? Okay. Someone decided that it was okay to be uh, invited to a party. And I came across... I can't find their stuff. There's a a, a African-American woman-owned cotton candy company. No kidding. Called Cotton Mouth. It was really, really good. Uh, She had like several flavors. I think there was like a mint chocolate. I could be wrong. I know there's a caramel apple and a coconut. And then she used, like, all local ingredients, and she was making the cotton candy there. And I've had cotton candy since I was, like, a baby because it was gross. That was really tasty cotton candy. I liked cotton yeah. candy. Yeah, I never – I, I they didn't think there was such a thing as artisanal or kind of unique cotton candy out yeah. there. But uh, she's been around, I think, seven, six months or something like that, she said. I don't know if she does weddings, but I know that cotton candy and those in making the whole, you know, doing making the, the cotton candy as you watch is a is a popular thing at wedding receptions right now. Yeah. It's kind of a trendy thing because people have uh, for a while kind of stepped away from those traditional cakes. Yeah. And they do these dessert bars now, you know, that's really big with little desserts, you know, that you can grab one yeah. of this and one of that. And, you know, some people do things like caramel apples and mm. also, you know, cotton yeah, candy. It was, it was really it's fun. And it it's was, fun um, if you have kids. I think that's a, a really It wasn't overly, like, impactfully sweet. Thing. But it was, uh, like, But I bet people cotton. were into it, right? Yeah. It's kind of unusual. It was tasty. And I don't remember cotton candy, but, like, when you put it, like, like heats up in your mouth. Is yeah. That, that's what it does? I loved the texture of it. Like, it gets warm? Uh-huh. Okay. I feel I just didn't remember cotton candy used to do that. I thought that was her cotton candy doing that because she was using different ingredients. But it was like well, if it comes right, if you're if it's spun right and you you give it to the person as soon as it's spun, it's still going to be warm from. But it's not warm like on the outside. But it just heats up, and once you put it in your mouth, it gets warmer. You know what I mean? Like the sensation once it hits the mouth. So what flavors did I had the caramel apple? And she, but she had other ones. She had the coconuts. And a mint. I'd like to try coconut. It might have been a mint chocolate, but it says mint something. I can't remember. I'm trying to find her website and her card. I think I lost it because I just want to give her a shout out because it was really. Is this it? No, that looks like a CBD thing. 
Uh, yeah, it's cotton candy. It does not come in a CBD flavor that I'm aware of. I mean, it might. I don't know. You could go to you could go to Colorado. Yeah, I'm trying to find her, but uh, yeah, you should try. You should look her up. I just thanks thought of that, and, and thank was... you for the specific information about it too. Yeah, I don't to... know her name, is but she, it? I'm her just it kidding. You found face. it. Okay, great. Uh, Cotton Mouth, which is a great name, by the way. Oh, right. You did know that it was called Cotton Mouth. This okay. is a cool name. That's great branding because I remembered it without a card. There great we go. branding. So it's Cotton Mouth. Let's see what she's posted. It's kind of a cool thing. She's so she's new. So it's white, kind of a color, not pink. Um. So she hasn't posted. She didn't post that much, but yeah, she was there at the party. That's fun. I love that idea. Yeah, she's all local, organic stuff. So yeah. If you're like into cotton candies, check her out. Really good stuff. And I was like, how do you like, she wants to sell the secret. I'm like, come on, I'm not going to make, compete with you. <laughs> but I was just curious, like a scientific mind. I was like. She uh, would not tell you? No, nah, she just said, she goes, it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> I well, like, it's, I, I think there's an air of mystery about yeah, it. It's cool. I'm just fascinated by the whole concept yeah, of how it's like, like that, and it melts, and it heats up in your mouth, and it just. Oh, it's just so well, cool. Spun sugar is always yeah. I was just curious how she get the flavors. I was that was more like what's the science behind how you get yeah. the flavors. What but if anyway. she would do savory? Like, could you imagine some cotton candy and savory flavors? Mushrooms, like garlic, garlic, black garlic. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Roasted garnished garlic. on something though. Yeah, it'd be a nice little. Yeah. Cool. Um, one final thing. I just I didn't mention this. I was in L.A. I went to a place called uh, Sugarfish, and you know how like you go to most sushi places. Whether it's Milwaukee or anywhere, especially in in the Midwest, a lot of restaurants, not locking it or I eat it too, those special rolls, you know? Yes. And, I know and sometimes, rolls. you know, you just they, want you just want big. Yeah. Sometimes you want just good fish. Sugar fish is this start in LA. They have one in New York. I heard the New York's not as good the one in California. Maybe because of the fish. I don't know. But it just, it doesn't do any of those roles. It does straight, like, omakase, I think it's called, like, courses. And it's very affordable. The fish is just sublime. Like, it melts in your mouth. And I learned that sushi rice is not supposed to be cold. And most places serve sushi rice cold. Because then it's warm, the sugar fish, along with the cold fish, you have this nice dynamic when you eat it. Um, so I learned a lot, you know, about sushi. And I was like, I wish we try to get some like a sugar fish or at least somebody go to sugar fish who does sushi to learn from that <clears throat> and try to bring that to Milwaukee. Because it's like where I was talking to Marcus, like it's so, it's so not Marcus, uh, I forgot who I was talking to. It's so easy to get that fish now flown in every day. The same type of fish that sugar fish has each sure. day, right from Chicago. You can get it every day yeah. and then do that. I don't know what the cost is, but imagine if someplace in Milwaukee decided to do that. I don't know. Did you find that the chefs were more interactive? Like they were talking with you at no, all? No, we just were... had a waiter and stuff. We oh, brought okay. courses. So they, you know, I mean, it's not like a really, really fancy place to pay the prices, but but they, they, they emulate kind of the traditional way of doing sushi. Yeah. And it just the flavors and the traditions. And like, I did not know the rice was supposed to warm. And that made the world of a difference right there. Like, it just the whole complexity of sushi and the fish and the warm with the little rice vinegar. Ugh. He's like, oh, this is sushi, you know? It's kind of like having barbecue at school lunch and then going to actually have real barbecue. That's what it was like. <laughs> so so the the sushi you've had previous to this is like school lunch? No. Sushi? I mean, it's good. But just, yeah. that was just, 
This was truly like exceptional. Exceptional. And I think people can do it here. That's all. That's what I just want to point out. Okay. Thank you. I, yeah. That's a really interesting point, and I'd like to try this place. Sugarfish, yeah. If you ever go to California, Los Angeles, there's like two or three in the L.A. area. We went to one in Hollywood. And they have one in New York as well? Yeah, one in New York, too. Okay. So, like, I think there's four of them. There's none in Chicago. At least not yet. Not I know of. Well, that about does it for this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the Licensed Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, or Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the malort cold. Hey, Tariq, I have a really great idea. What if sometime I say stay hungry and you say keep the malort cold? We switch it up. What do you think about that? But you love malort. I don't want to take that joy. Oh, come on. I was just, you know, you know, we got to mix things up. We got to be. I mean, I'm willing, but I just feel like you might get sad. You might not. It's going to be sad. I think you won't like it, but we can do it. I. Just, I know how much you love my lord, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good one, Tariq. You too.